Welcome to The Rot Focus, a podcast for rotters, newbies, and veterans, and everyone in between. We're hosted by M.A. Lee with the assistance of Remy Black and Edie Rooms, all from Rotters Inc. Books. Our focus is productivity, process, craft, and tools. Each episode lasts as long as it takes to fix a quick dinner, drive a short commute, or take a brisk walk. Resources and links are in the show notes. Visit us at therockfocus.blogspot.com. Now, on to this week's episode. Welcome to The Right Focus. Would you do for the listeners your writing name and your books that you have out in any series? Absolutely. Uh, First of all, I want to thank you for having me here on your podcast. on your podcast. Um, thank you very much. So for those that you that don't know me, my name is Ileana Munoz Renfro. Uh, I have cozy mysteries out and children's books out. Uh, I am writing more in the cozy mystery genre. I have several uh, upcoming new series, exciting new series, uh, uh, a retired spy, uh, somebody that renovates homes and comes along with obviously a ghost. I <laughs> tend to write a lot of the paranormal and enjoy reading and writing the paranormal cozy mysteries. Mm-hmm. What are your titles of your series? Um, the most, uh, I, I guess, well-known is Rosa, the Cuban psychic paranormal mysteries and that uh, the main character is Rosa. She's in her thirties. She can read minds. She's a psychic and she's a fashion fashion designer. And she comes along with this quirky spirit guy, Raul, who um, <laughs> is very flamboyant and he's funny and always in the middle of everything and nosy and you know, that kind of thing. And um, with that comes her abuela, her grandmother, Abuela yes. Nana, that everybody knows. Uh, she owns um, La Misteriosa Cafe, which is literally translated into the Mystery Cafe on a, a fictional island, Colton Island. And she's starting her new series, um, a tarot and vintage caravan mysteries, where she heads off with her Miami Cuban friends uh, on a one-year tour uh, throughout all the different campgrounds up and down the Northeast. Mm-hmm. And of course, you can imagine that comes along with an actual ghost, because uh, Abuela Nana is known for, um, for reading tarot cards. Um, and she can also read minds, but she tends to not try to do that. Her, her thing is all about the tarot. And do you have, uh, what's the, tell me again, the title of the first book. The first book is a fashionable fate. Okay. That one is, uh, it starts off on, on Colton Island and they're gearing up for the annual, annual fashion show. And Mm -hmm. one of the models is found dead. And there's a lot of twists and turns as to who she is and why she gets killed. And uh, and her along with uh, Rosa, sorry, along with uh, her spirit guide and her abuela try to help out and, you know, figure out who the killer is. And they get themselves into uh, a pickle. Um, so it, it's an exciting one. And I introduce in that very first book, Rosa's quote-unquote best friends, which I call Las Cubanitas, 
And mm -hmm. again, that's another series that I'm working on. And that one, the very first book is going to show them all going away on a, on a cruise to, to Italy to do a, a cooking class is, you know, mm -hmm. specialty. And obviously they find a body. So <laughs> their, their travels will always be together to mm -hmm. hopefully exotic places or at least out of the way, hidden, hidden gems. Mm -hmm. um, so um, I, I tend to write at the same time, you know, three or four books. So besides those two, I'm working on two other short stories, um, which is going to become public very soon. One of them is going to be the prequel to Rose of the Cuban Psychic, and the mm -hmm. other one's a holiday series that I'm doing with a few other authors. So that's kind of hush-hush right now. I can't say more than that, except <laughs> that those two will be out before the end of the year for sure. Okay. <laughs> Excuse me. Well, gr great. I'm looking forward to getting uh, information about those, book leaks and things like that, um, and maybe some a, a little preview teaser or something that we could put in the show notes um, that would be great and as a writer i i can do nonfiction and fiction at the same time but i can't handle multiple storylines at the same time how do you manage to do that okay i i don't know if other authors actually do this <laughs> or not but i'll be sitting there and then all of a sudden i'll hear one of the characters talk to me and you know and it's like i i can see in my mind the story where it's going to go or what needs to happen at that moment and then i stop mm -hmm. and i go and i write and then i kind of get not distracted but i kind of get okay i'm done with this for right now i have to take a break and then something else pops up and then I go to the other story. And that's why I, I, I said that I have multiple stories that I'm actually working on at the same time. By the end of the year, minus those two other short stories, I'm hoping to have four other books out. And they're all for the new series that, that wow. I'm working on. Um, but that's that's basically what I do. I'll start writing and then I'll jump into the other story because something pops up in my head or mm -hmm. I hear a character talking to me. and. You know, and I, I have to write it down or I go crazy. So <laughs> <laughs> that sounds to me like you are a pastor. Absolutely. As opposed to a plotter. I tried Absolutely. to be a plotter. I cannot be a plotter. I tried so hard. I always I start. I, I always do. I, I do start with an <coughs> outline, but most of the time I just throw it out the window. Okay. I have found that I have to have some kind of an outline. So I, I guess I'm really in the middle. I'm not one or the other. Um, I have to write down the idea of what I think is going to happen. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'll even write the ending first, and then I kind of work my well myself back to the beginning, which is one of the books that I'm writing. That's how I was able to do it. Um, I use Plotter a lot, uh, which is one of the softwares out there available. That really does help me because I can there, I can put the cast of characters and locations, anything that I need to put. And it's easy to get back into, you know, back and forth. If I've already used a scene or a location in one place, or if I'm writing <clears throat> and I start off on a Tuesday, I want to make sure that the next day is a Wednesday and I don't jump into a Sunday and then back into a Tuesday. So Plotter mm -hmm. does really help. That's almost like my, my Bible in, in writing. Um, and then I also use for my actual writing, I like to use Scrivener. Ah. So I would say you're also a uh, puzzler. 
because it yes. seems like you're dipping in and out of the story and putting all the pieces together. Correct. And I really do love puzzles. So that's a perfect example. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, good. Um, how did you start your publishing journey? How did you get started? You know, um, you knew you wanted to write. So what did you start with? I've, I've always written. I've always had the little stories. I just never did anything with them. And mm -hmm. um, I don't know if I should say fortunately or unfortunately for me, COVID was what um, ah. had me start. I was on mm -hmm. lockdown. I, I was visiting my daughter and I was on lockdown for four months. I stayed with her for, for all that time. And I realized that that was either the time to do it then or not at all. Mm -hmm. And that's how I started that. And I started the actual face, Facebook group, uh, Cozy Mystery Village, because mm -hmm. I was looking for a place. I started doing a little bit of research. I've always liked Agatha Christie books, Nancy Drew books, you know, cozy books. Yes. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I started to do my research and I really couldn't find on Facebook one place that had everything had the publishers and the authors and the writers and the podcasters and so forth and so on. So that's how that all came to be. I kind of started the group at the same time that I started um, tweaking the book one of, of Rose of the Cuban Psychic. So I was sitting at a cafe and I just had notebooks and I started writing and writing and writing. And then um, I transcribed it into, into the computer, which was much easier, or a laptop. So did that's you how, started that's how I started. You started handwriting, which is how yes. I start. I started I used to write out the entire manuscript by hand. Yes. And then I would transfer it all to computer. And it was driving me crazy because yes. it's taking so the extra time. <laughs> it's not even the time after a while your hand hurts. Yes, yes. And you get I get calluses. Yes. Uh, where I hope I grip the pen too hard. Uh yes, I, I know that. Um was it difficult for you? It's been difficult for me to transition to writing from the computer immediately. Um, I might sketch out some ideas for my story arc, but I've been trying this year to do novels totally on the computer, and that has been very difficult. I actually found it a lot easier than I thought I would because I use Scrivener. And the reason I like it is that I have a, I obviously, ha I have my computer, I have a laptop, and I have an iPad, mm -hmm. obviously. So what I like about Scrivener is that you can get the app for your, um, for your iPad. Mm -hmm. And for me, it really is easy to type. I, I've always been, it's very easy to type. What I like about it is that it, it, it syncs. So I'll be in front of the computer typing away, and then I go mm -hmm. and I hit sync. And then I go, I don't know, I go watch TV or something and it, something comes up and I get my my iPad and I, you know, I continue to write in it. Mm -hmm. And I found that it's a lot easier, especially when I'm using Scrivener, because I think of it as a notebook. So I can mm -hmm. go from, you know, from from divider to divider, or from tab to tab, obviously. But what I like about it is that if I'm writing something and I don't like it or it doesn't sound right, I can cross it out and keep going. And then when you compile, you can compile it minus the scratched out words, mm -hmm. or you can move it around. So I'll write something and it'll think, you know, like I'll think it's maybe chapter two and I need to move it down to chapter five. I just oh. click it and scroll it down. So mm -hmm. I'm finding that for me, it's a lot easier 
um, to actually type it out now than it is to handwrite it. Because with the handwriting, what I would do is I, I would start handwriting it and then I'd go on the on the side and then, you know, it was always in pencil. And then I'd try to go to the next page and it was just so back and forth and, convol mm -hmm. you know, convoluting. And, and it, it just, to me, it ended up being extremely frustrating. So when I, I found Scrivener, I was ecstatic mm -hmm. that I could then have everything in one place because it's easy when I'm thinking, I'll, I'll think of the character names, for example, I'll create my cast of characters and then I'll forget, you know, whoever so-and-so was, who did I name? Cause I've got so many names out there now. So <clears throat> it's easy to go back and just click on and go, oh yeah. Like I don't have to make sure that I have a notebook. Now I still have a notebook. I, I still use a, a notebook that I use. Um, I like the happy planner. And, and the reason I like the happy planners is because you can remove the pages. It's almost the same thing as a notebook right. so, or on the computer. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I have a little notebook that I keep with me everywhere. That one is like my little Bible in terms of I've got all my ISBN numbers, my Library of Congress number, you know, my titles, my cast of characters and a little synopsis. So every time that I come up with a new series in my head, I, I have a new tab that I put in there and then I'll put whatever I think that title is or the series is. Um, and that's my little Bible. So that's where I, I do still write out, but not the entire actual manuscript. Mm -hmm. <coughs> I think we were both infected by a cough all of a sudden. Oh, it's, it's a cold that I can't get rid of. I mean, I was already tested. I'm fine. It's not that, mm -hmm. but it's for some reason, apparently that there's a cold that's going around. So I guess that's what I have. Mm-hmm. So as a pastoring puzzler or puzzler pastor, <laughs> when you start writing a book, do you start with like pivotal scenes or do you start at the beginning and then jump or how do you put that together? It really depends. Um, I can tell you, for example, one of the stories, one of the series that I'm, I, I started brand new. Um, it's all based on, I just came back from Ohio. I was there for a month and a half and a half. And apparently in Ohio, there's a lot of abandoned homes mm -hmm. and a lot of paranormal activities. <clears throat> so I went all over Columbus, north of Columbus, a little south. I found a, uh, a town that's an abandoned town. So I took a lot of pictures, found some very interesting images that popped up mm -hmm. on the windows of these abandoned houses. Oh, I got cold chills. <laughs> yeah, to kind of show that there is definitely, there's definitely something there. So I started writing already the, mm -hmm. the story and that series is um, Lolita. Uh, since I'm actually Cuban, I, I'm tending to use a lot of my characters have, have Spanish names. So Lolita is, uh, She's, she's a fixer. She goes into these houses, renovates them and, and flips them. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the images is going to be based on what I have. So I mm -hmm. found the house, basically, let's say, and then I came up with the idea. Mm -hmm. And then the first one was her going in. I was able to go into several of these homes. I kind of snuck in into some of these homes and I was able to take pictures inside and out. There's a, a um, an area in Ohio, it's called Whitehall and 30, I think it's 32 homes were completely abandoned. People just walked away. 
Oh, that's, so I wow. have a picture of inside, there's a little, uh, a toy, a red toy engine. I was able to mm -hmm. take a picture. They just left it. There's no reason a rhyme. Nobody can say why they abandoned it. It's just been closed up and they're about to level that, that area. But it gave me the idea that here comes mm -hmm. Lolita coming to try to save these homes that are about to be torn down. Right. And when she's in there, she obviously finds these paranormal activities mm -hmm. going on and, and so forth. So that's kind of, it really, you know, depends on what I've been, you know, what I'm working on. So there mm -hmm. really is no set way of doing it for me. The other series is um, that I, one of the ones that I'm working on is, is Candido Brudinkle. And he is a retired spy. He moves into this real small town uh, hoping to not be, you know, bothered by anybody. He loves mm -hmm. doing his puzzles. He's an expert in cipher um, uh, solving, you know, techniques. Mm -hmm. And he finds that this person, one of the things that he's got with the local local bookstore owner, Norman, is <clears throat> Norman will call him and say, your book is here. And it's kind of like a little little game that they have when he shows up he's supposed to have a bookmark that has a cipher and he has to solve it before he can bring it back to norman and get the book again and what mm -hmm. happens is this time he gets the call he shows up norman is missing and there's a dead body in the bookstore with the book that he's supposed to be actually picking up but the bookmark is missing oh i've got to read that one <laughs> and then he finds out that there is in in that whole story one of the side stories is that there's somebody there on a witness protection program mm -hmm. and it all kinds of ties up at the end so that one i just came up with because i like i like puzzles and i was playing around with a cypher one day and i went oh how great it would be if he's an expert and blah 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 and you know that's how that came about that, that sounds like an, a very, very intriguing story and something you don't often hear. Um, so Scrivener makes you able to, to launch into a novel with whatever scene that's in your head at the moment and you just move it around. Correct. So you've got all these scenes and you've put together your story. How do you know when you reach the end? Do you, you, that's, do you, that's a you have a clear question. That, that's a good question. Um, on, I want to say the majority of the ones that I'm working on, I already have the idea of the ending. It's oh. just coming up with the actual storyline, making mm -hmm. sure that it flows and it makes sense from point A to point B right. kind of thing. So <clears throat> the majority is I already know who the killer is. I already know who the, who the victim or victims are. Mm -hmm. um, it's just putting it all together. So that well, part is know, easy. When, I, when I'm writing my mysteries, I have no trouble with the revelation of the murderer scene or the, the completion right. of the, it's the scenes that come after. I have difficulty, uh, number one, coming up with a resolving scene for my character uh, that doesn't caught, you know, completely close out so that the people will think about the next series coming up. And I also have trouble making sure I've gotten to the stopping point for those scenes. Do you have that difficulty? Sometimes, but there's one, for example, um, for the Rose of the Cuban Psychic, <clears throat> uh, book two is already out and that's mm -hmm. a, a Parisian bait. But 
book three is it's called uh, a mysterious date and the way that i'm ending book two it kind of leads into something's going on because rosa's back on the island um and the way i'm going to be starting that one is she gets a call from one of her her best friends from from the group of la cuanitas her name is ellie she's a real estate guru and she's, uh -huh. she basically calls her up on the phone, all excited. I've met the man of my life. You have uh -huh. to meet him. I'm bringing him to the island. And when he comes to the island, he's found dead. I'm ah. kind of telling you already what happens to him. So that's where the a mysterious date comes in. Because uh -huh. then we start finding a lot of stuff about him that nobody ever knew. And, uh -huh. you know, there's twists and turns in there. So... I know that in the cozy genre, the readers don't like to be left hanging. So you got to be a little careful how you end mm -hmm. the the series, that it's not completely, like you're saying, shut off completely, but where you leave them with, with a possibility. Mm -hmm. um, one thing that I want to try to do now for the next book is I want to kind of put a little teaser of the following book that I haven't done that. I may go back and edit book one and two and kind of add those at the mm -hmm. very end. Um, but that's something that I've been playing around with because the problem is, is I don't really have a set story yet necessarily when I'm, and I don't want to put something in and then it's not that and people expect it. Like I've, I read, I've heard from my readers and like, I want to read more about Raul. Where's Raul? So <laughs> I'm working on a, a, a prequel that basically it's his story. Mm -hmm. you know, to find out what really happened to him kind of thing. But it, that's, that I think would be an obstacle, I guess, that, that I'm still working on, trying to figure out how to end it where it flows into a possible book three or four or five or whatever, without mm -hmm. it actually leaving you hanging, <clears throat> you know, so that it's a standalone, because that's what right. the readers in the genre like. No one likes cliffhangers. I don't mind them at the end of chapters. Right. But if I'm getting to the end of the book and then I realize I, I need another whole book and I may have to wait a while before I get yeah, to that book. Exactly. That is so <laughs> irritating to me as a reader. Um, yes. And I will often just simply abandon that book and, you know, and spit in my head the way I would want it to end, um, which I guess is a fatal flaw of a writer. You get a book you don't like, so you're constantly tinkering with it and, and right. worrying with it. Do you have, um, once you finish a draft, do you have beta readers that you send it to? Yes. What do you do for revision process? Yes. I send it to the to the beta readers first, uh, even though I know it's terrible. Um, and it's helped a lot. I have, I have a, a few of them that are really, really good in, in mm -hmm. going beyond what they're supposed to be doing and, and telling me a lot of the the grammatical errors, you know, my, my issue is the commas. I don't know where the commas go. <laughs> I can tell you the story. I can weave a great story, but when it comes to the writing, it's not that great. Um, and I think a lot in Spanish anyway, so I'm always, you know, messing it up. So mm -hmm. it's great to have that. And then I'll tweak it and then I send it to the editor. So at least hopefully the editor doesn't have to do that much work. And then mm -hmm. at that point, um, I do want to line edit so that everything is, the best that it can be. You're always going right. to find errors. You're always going to, you know, need to ba basically tweak it again a little bit. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but that's kind of where, um, for me anyway, 
I obviously will promote it on my page, on my newsletter, in Facebook, but I try to stay away from Goodreads. Um, unfortunately, I have found a lot of negative yes. uh, comments in that site from authors that are great and then little minor things. And my attitude is, well, if you didn't like it that much, why are you bothering here to put this terrible you know, review that basically says, I, it's a good book, but I didn't like it. So I'm giving it a one star. What is I it? Mean, Thumper's, if, Thumper's dad advice. You can't say something nice. Don't say anything at all. Exactly. I mean, I don't mind the positive criticisms, but mm -hmm. when they do that kind of the comment, it actually hurts us when they're giving it a one star. And the mm -hmm. reason is because, oh, I just didn't like the story. It's really good, but I didn't like it. Then, then you know, don't <laughs> don't comment. You know, if, if you tell me that it was written wrong, you know, badly or that it had a lot of errors that I understand. But yes. when your opinion is, you know, oh, I didn't like it. So I'm going to give it a one star. Right. You know, that's, that's you're supposed that to be a little objective. So, yeah. 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 So I definitely I try to use stay off good reads because of that, that very thing. Yep. Um, I have enough negativity in my life without opening myself up to other people doing Exactly. And people that thrive on that, which to me is I don't. flabbergasting. Yes. Yes. Um, it sounds to me like you're an indie writer that you Correct. handle. Um, I had difficulty. I thought uh, rewriting when I first started up, I had a manuscript that I needed to update. and I thought that would be the hard thing. It took me 18 months to find a designer that I was happy with. What, how did you go about your process of finding a good cover designer for you? Well, um, luckily from, from the Cozy Mystery Village, I basically, ah. you know, that was the main thing. I wanted to bring in all these different uh, pieces that make, mm -hmm. you know, a good book, let's call it, or, ah. or you know, the process of, uh, of having a book. And mm -hmm. I was very lucky to find several in there um, that uh, I approached and said, this is my idea. With, with Rosa and uh, Raul, I actually had, and I've used Molly Burton, I usually, ha I had her commission my Rosa and my Raul based on, on pictures I sent her. So those are mm -hmm. mine. If anybody ever uses them, I know that's mine. I can prove that it's mine. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> but the other... Uh, books that I'm working on, I've designed them myself. As a matter of ah. fact, I have them up on my website um, under press, you know, what's coming mm -hmm. up. All those I've actually um, done. I I dabble in Photoshop and Illustrator. I enjoy, mm -hmm. that's my calm. Like when I, you know, I have too much in my head going on, I go and I open up, you know, Photoshop and I play around with designs. Mm -hmm. So a lot of my marketing and a lot of the images that I use for myself as well as in the village i've i've designed them so that's i i realize that i'm a little picky on rosa i'm going to continue to use molly i like the mm -hmm. style that she has and it, everything kind of flows in a way that i like it so her i will continue to do or mm -hmm. to use on the other ones i've done them myself are you in wide distribution are, are I was Amazon? for book. Okay. I was for the for the book one Rosa, but I found that it's it's just it's harder for me to keep track, mm -hmm. and I I now I'm gonna stay with Amazon 
and uh -huh. try to see if I can just work on that uh, platform, that and then obviously uh, try to sell it on my site. But more than anything mm -hmm. on Amazon, <clears throat> excuse me, there is a, an author that I, I follow, Steve Higgs, and his journey of the last two years of how he's gotten to make the revenues that he's made, which is over a million, being an indie author and doing it all on Amazon. He's been doing ads and so forth and, uh, you know, but yeah. for the most part, everything is on Amazon. It's just easier to keep track, you know, the reports are easy to read. Mm -hmm. So that's what I've, I've decided that I'm going to, I'm going to do the KU and I'm going to stay on Amazon for now. But I decided to do indie myself because after doing research, the way the industry is now, it's not like what it used to be before that they do all the marketing for you. Right. You have to do your own marketing. Yes, they'll get you into the bookstores. They'll get you into the libraries very easily. They'll they'll organize tours for you and, and, and so forth. But that's about it. Like you actually have to go and market that book. So I figured at that point, and they do have the book cover for you and the editor. Uh -huh. So those are the pluses, <clears throat> excuse me. But I realized that I'd rather have more control um, something that traditional publishers do is that if they decide they only want you to write three books in that series, that's it. You can't write anymore yes. until a certain time where then, you know, it, it reverts back to you and then you can add to it. So again, I wanted more control over my books. I already had too many ideas in my head. And uh -huh. since I'm picky about the cover and I didn't want them changing, you know, my titles, I wanted to be able to pick my own titles. I decided uh -huh. to go indie. Right. I, I started indie and have stayed that way because I didn't like the gatekeeper aspect. Um, when I first started writing, I, I collected tons of rejection letters and they would say things like, we love your story. We love your writing, but there's not enough sex or right. there's too much sex or there's not enough fantastical elements or something of that sort. Exactly. Um, and so I could not control and tell the story that I wanted to tell in that respect. Um, when you're writing, what do you use as a method? I know you're using Scrivener, but this, the simple aspect of how many hour, hours or do you work for work counts or how, how do you decide what you're going to do on a daily basis of writing? I do you write daily? Do, yeah, I try to do at least a thousand words per book a day. So in total, maybe three, 4,000, but it really kind of depends. If I'll start writing on, on, on a book, <clears throat> excuse me, and I'm really into it, I just keep writing and writing and writing and writing. And I've done before, you know, 4,000 in that one book and then I don't do anything else. Uh -huh. um, because of the way my mind works, it's constantly going. I, wow. I tend to need more breaks, I think, than normal because then I get a little burned out. Um, and if it doesn't flow or it doesn't come to me, then I have to put it aside. That's why it's taking so long. Um, and I was sick anyway. I, I had issues with my pancreas last year. So it kind of oh. put me behind on my writing. So everything's mm -hmm. taken a little bit of a longer, uh, mm -hmm. you know, journey than I wanted to. So now it's like where I'm, I'm, I'm back to, to writing full time. And like I said, I've got all these things in my head and these, 
all these uh, all these characters yelling at me at the same time. <laughs> I want my story told. So before we started our Zoom, I was taking a break and I was working on all the book covers. Mm-hmm. And I was wow. happy with what I have. I'm finalized it, and I just uploaded them to my into my site. But it mm-hmm. had taken me a while to actually work on the on the covers. So, you know, that's kind of how how I do it. I don't as much as I want to be on a schedule, and I try to. It doesn't always happen that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will go great guns with a schedule, and then something will throw me off for a couple of days, and it takes me a while to get back into my schedule right. where I'm as productive as I like to be. Um, do you have any tricks about maintaining productivity when you get thrown off to help you get back into it? I read. <laughs> Me too. I Me read. Too. I, I'll, I'll try to read anything. Um, I call it meaningless writing kind of thing, even if it's, if it's terrible uh, writing. What I do find, though, that I have to get out of this habit is I'll start reading and I look for errors as opposed ah. to just enjoying the story mm-hmm. and reading it for what it is. I, I tend to look and say, oh, that's a misspelling. And, you know, it's like I want to highlight it and reach out to the author and say, by the way, but, you know, I'm cautious not to do that. <laughs> so, <clears throat> but I, I tend to read, you know, I don't watch a lot of TV, so it's mostly when I can, I read and I, I like, I like reading actual physical books that I can, mm-hmm. I can touch, but mm-hmm. I am happy that I've got, I've got Kindle because that it's easy at night. If I'm going to read, I can turn the lights off and then I have, you know, the light from my iPad or my phone to read until I fall asleep. So I do right. use both. And I also like the audio. Right. Um, I like uh, having um, eBooks because when I take them on trips, I no longer have this huge bag that's filled with books exactly, for my, which is what for I my week. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, um, I think I'm out of my questions that I said that I would ask of you. Um, and we have just we have about four minutes more, I think. Uh, six minutes according to that screen. But I don't like to go to the wire. Went to the wire the other day with someone, and it cut off right at the end of surreptitiously right at the end of a sentence that she was where oh, she wow. was talking so i don't like to go to the last second on things um is there anything that you want to talk about as a writer that would be advice to a newbie or advice about the writing craft or anything i think the main thing is if you, if you have the ideas write them down and write mm-hmm. just write and write the worst thing that you can do is you start writing and you go back and edit and you go and you mm-hmm. write and you edit because then you're never going to finish it <clears throat> unless it's terrible just write write it'll come to you it'll be easier to then go back and add or subtract or you know fix any issues or, or the flow of the story um, and if anybody tells you that you can't write ignore it mm-hmm. just write i think everybody I has the capability to come up with stories oh. that are interesting mm-hmm. like for example i'm writing now about the caravan with Abuela Nana. There's mm-hmm. other authors that have written the stories, but mine's going to be a little bit different, or I hope mm-hmm. it's interesting enough because I've kind of, you know, build on Abuela Nana and the character and people know her so that it's interesting that her story, even though it may be similar, it's going to be different. Mm-hmm. So 
I think if you've got the ideas and you want to be a writer, whether it's a technical writer, fiction, nonfiction, it doesn't matter. Just write. Well, that would be I, my advice. I have former students who come to me and, and say, what is the number one thing that we need to do as a writer? And I'd say finish. Because yes. you never know if you've got if you've got something until it's done. Exactly. And then then you can tinker. Then you can revise. But at exactly. least finish what you have. Um, I agree. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, do you have some a book that's going to be coming out very soon that you would like to promote? Uh, let me on reserve this on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, there are, if if you'd like to go on my site, it's I am Renfro, I for Ileana, M for Munoz, and then the last name Renfro.com. If you look under the press, uh, the books that are up there is actually going to be coming out more or less at the same time within the next few months. Um, so if there's any- So you're doing a rapid release. Um, yes. Okay. Yes. So if there's any books there that you're interested, you can reach out to me and I can tell you a little bit more about it. Or if you'd okay. like, I can come back once it's, you know, published. Um, uh -huh. But basically that's what I'm working on that's going to be coming up soon. It's the Candido, the Caravan and Lolita's mm -hmm you know, renovations. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else you want to say? <laughs> I, <can say. laughs> um, I just want to thank you again for this opportunity. It's been great. Uh, it's been lots of fun. And uh, well, if you. anybody wants to reach out to me um, at the Cozy Mystery Village uh, in, in Facebook or on my site, and uh, hopefully, you know, when they read the books, they'll enjoy it as much as I did writing them. Okay, great. So send me links to your website, okay. um, maybe to one of your books on Amazon, or maybe three of three of them. That would be really good. Um, and any uh, like a cover shot um, of the book and a headshot for you. I hate calling it a headshot, okay? Uh, because part of my family is in law enforcement, so I immediately think of bullets. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a perp. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and it's been great talking to you, Eliana. Absolutely. It was great talking to you too, Emily. I'll okay. talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The Right Focus, a podcast for writers at all levels, hosted by Emily Lee from Writers Inc. Books, assisted by Remy Black and Edie Rooms. Our focus is productivity, process, craft, and tools. Music is licensed through Audio Jungle called Background Music Loop. Its creator is Alexander Polishchuk, known on Audio Jungle as Plastic 3. The music comes in different iterations. Show notes and resource links for this and other episodes can be found at therightfocus.blogspot.com. Write to us at linkbooks at aol.com when you have questions, comments, and speculations. We will try to answer you as quickly as possible. By the way, we will not mind your email address. That's rude. If you find value in our content, share with your writing friends or write a review. We're small beans here without the advertising budget of the big peeps, and you can make a difference. And whatever occurs, right on.